You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. If you have a Bible, you can put your finger in Hebrews 11 um, in verse 32 through 34, and it's really powerful. The title of my uh, talk tonight is calling Defy the Odds. Someone say Defy the Odds. So I looked up in Webster's, it means to openly resist, refuse, refuse to consent to. It means to challenge so that you can do the impossible. Come on, somebody. Someone just touched the person next to you, say you were meant to do the impossible. See, I believe it was your desire for more that brought you here tonight. There must be a belief inside you that your life can be better and richer than it currently is that you've not quite peaked out, that you've not tapped out of your full potential. Come on. How many know that your potential uh, does not come with a retirement plan? Come on. Even when you're older in age, come on, you can still be young at heart. And the Psalm 92 says, you can bear forth much fruit even in your old age. Getting older is a privilege. Come on, but getting old is a choice. I know a lot of old people that are like 40. Come on. They're like, you know what I'm talking about, Michael Lisa? They're like freaking old. What? Yeah, you ain't teasing. They got stuck in a time warp. They got stuck in a moment they could not get out of. Because you got into this life and you had so much momentum. You had like an IV of sugar in you when you were a kid. Come on, you didn't even have to go to 7-Eleven. You would chase the ice cream truck without money. You would climb trees. Come on. You were going to be Wonder Woman. You were going to be Tarzan. You was going to be an astronaut. Nobody had dreams in here like, I'm going to be broke by the age of 34. I'll be divorced three times. Come on, put me on the discount rack and get me on Match.com. No one had those ideas when we were young. Come on, like forever young. Come on, void of Jay-Z's spirit, but a God's spirit. You're forever young. You ever wonder why you need an eternal life? You ever wonder why you needed eternal life? Because it will take an eternity for God to get out of you everything he put inside you. Oh, that's like freaking good right there. That was like, I'm going to amen myself. Even if you're not a Christian, you should say amen to that. It will take an eternity for God to get out of you everything he put on the inside of you. That's talking aeons. You're loaded with so much inside you. But it's amazing, huh? We get hit with life and the passion slows down. We begin to break down and we settle for, well, it doesn't hurt bad enough to really radically change my life. But life has lost its passion and juice. Come on, you came out, you've heard me say, out of your mother's womb, you came out with an energy and a shout. But many people let that shout get reduced to a whisper. How's your life? I'm fine. How's your business? I'm fine. How's your marriage? I'm fine. How's your relationship with God? I'm fine. That four-letter F word messes up your life more than anything else. Ooh, this is going to be good tonight. Come on. And nobody ever revealed their potential without problems. This is good. Well, I got problems. I've got problems. Everybody's got problems. Where the enemy talks you into going into fixing your life and you get stuck in recovery that you never tap into the discovery aspect of your life. The Bible says you're a work of art created to do big things. 
I believe that's why you're here. The real you is making a demand on maybe the you that you settled for. And if you're not careful, if you don't reach for what's before you, you'll die by what's behind you. Let me say that again. That was worth your gas money. Pay attention. All eyes on me, like Tupac said back in the day. Watch. If you don't reach for what's before you, you will die by what's behind you. Too many people got trapped in moments of trauma and drama, and they're reliving old memories. Your life's in syndication. It's like a Friends episode from 1999. You need to update, to reinvent, renew, because you got odds that are stacked against you. But there are people that break out. My friend, my friend Diana Nod, at 65 years old, said, I'm going to swim from Cuba to Florida without getting out of the water. 54 hours straight. Eight in the water, no cage sharks. She did it. She defied the odds. Conor McGregor, a couple weeks ago, just a couple years ago, he was on welfare. He sold his company $600 million, y'all. He defied the odds. You can defy the odds, but to do it, you're going to need a miracle. You're going to need miracles. Come on. I love to say this. If you don't need miracles, you don't need God. You can settle for self-help. Go to all the gurus you want. Take charge of it. Own it. Take charge of your results that you produce. Believe better. Partner with the best of them. Come on, wait, wait, wait. Pop psychology can only take you so high. The scripture says self-help's no help at all. Self-sacrifice is God's way to finding your true self and the destiny you were meant to live. Because God wants to do miracles, not just for you, but through you. Am I talking to the right people up in here? See, you're a prime candidate. You're a prime candidate. There's miracles that are in motion for you on your life right now because God already spoke them. (sighs) Can I drop some little knowledge just for a minute to help some people in here? Hebrews 1.3 says, God upholds all things by the word of his power. He didn't say the power of his word because if it's the power of his word, only God could speak it and he could do it. But he upholds it by the power, by, watch, by the power, not the power of his word, but the word of his power. That means that word is pregnant. And when you come into agreement with a word from God and you begin to speak it, that supernatural change and miracles can begin to manifest in your life. Someone's like, ay, he's got a little energy. What did he have before he went up there? Someone's like, he looks younger, though, than he does on his pictures. Come on, somebody. What's a miracle, Rex Crane? A miracle is a supernatural intervention of God into the natural affairs of men. You couldn't pay your bills, now you can You couldn't find someone to marry? Come on, now you could. You couldn't lose the weight? Supernaturally, God helped you. Come on. You couldn't beat diabetes, and now you can. You couldn't get out of debt? Now you can. It'll never be a question this year if God can perform. Tiger Woods will one day shoot his last golf shot. Michael Jordan will shoot his last jump shot. But the God that you serve, the God of the miracle, the God that's the great I am, not the I was or I will be, he'll never quit putting out miracles because the Bible says miracles reveal he is near. Jesus said without a miracle, you will never believe. We settle for an intellectual gospel rather than a spiritual gospel. But your mind at its best is operating at 10% capacity. I'm all for for getting the best education, the best strategy, but the life I want to live, the life that I was made to live, it will never be satisfied by pulling it off of my own ability. 
My little girl said to me before she gave me tonight, she goes, make sure you tell all the people, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord. He shall direct your path. That means there's a path. You got a yellow brick road. Yes, you got lions. Yes, you got tigers. Yes, you got bears. Come on. But if there's a path for you to walk and it drips with supernatural influence. I came to talk to somebody tonight. Some of you have been doing your own thing. You've been doing the Frank Sinatra. I got this all figured out. And you're relying on 10% of your brain. But your good shepherd is trying to reposition you and renew your mind. Because your mind's got the ability to make a heaven out of a hell or a hell out of heaven. All change begins in your mind. You need to be able to have miracles change the way you think about life. Because if you're going to defy the odds. The people in Hebrews 11, behind me, they all defied the odds. They start out with weakness, with obviouses, with challenges. Some of them had emotional, physical, sexual, financial challenges. God's not where somebody starts, but when they come into agreement through faith, faith is a force that can change everybody's life. I'm living proof of it. You started from the bottom, now we're here. Come on. Some of you knew that song more than the worship songs. That's scary. Well, how do I tap into this? How do I really renew my mind so I can live this, not just watch other people talk about it? Because it does ever get irritating to hear people talk about it, but you don't get a chance to experience it? Number one, I got to believe in miracles. Someone say, believe in miracles. All breakthroughs begin with a change of belief because beliefs decide your generosity of time, your talent, your energy. They guide all your interactions. If you believe tonight your life's going to change, it's a good, it's good probably way, a prediction that God's going to meet you someplace. If you're going to believe you're going to get more of the same, you'll get it. If you came to believe tonight that everything's just going to be just common and normal, you'll walk out of here most likely like that because Jesus said everything you connected to that you receive is connected to what you, come on somebody, is what you believe. I remember one night I was going, went into a friend with a friend. He went to go get a tattoo for uh, at Shamrock's Tattoo Shop in West Hollywood. Mark Maloney, you can go look him up online. He's dope. He's, he's the best. He does Angelina Jolie. I think he was just doing Janet Jackson when we walked in. It's a six-month waiting list to get in. We went in there, and my friend's getting a tattoo by him, and he's got all these pictures up, and I thought, man, I want to lead this guy to a relationship with God. He's got all this stuff, but he doesn't know God. And I want, him, I want to make sure I see the dude in heaven. And so the Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. I mean, I, I like to live that, not talk about it. I don't want to just tell people to come to church. I want to lead people to Jesus. I know Jesus. Come on, one day Jesus is going to say, come on, who did you make hungry for me? I want to make people so hungry. They say, you could lead a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink, brother. I say BS, belief system. Come on, somebody. If I salt your oats, you're going to drink. It's just a matter of when you drink. Oh, I feel salty tonight. You wait. Why? Because Jesus said, I'm the salt of the flipping earth. Come on, so is you. Come on, don't become all tame and domesticated and diminished. I ain't salty no more. Oh my gosh. Man, you gotta rattle the freaking cage of conformity. Demand something of yourself. But I was sitting in there and I said to him, I go, you know, I go, I go, let me blow you away. I go, what if I told you that God's got tattoos? He goes, what? I go, yeah, God's got tattoos. He goes, what do you mean? I go, you got to believe this. I, go, I just tell him, this is what you need to believe. And he goes, yeah, in the Bible, Isaiah, he says he has tattoos of you on his hand, and he keeps thinking about you, and he's never thought a bad thought about you ever in your life. He sees the worst, but he believes the best. 
He goes, you're for real. And the guy's getting a tattoo. My buddy, he's like, yo, dude, don't mess, mess up. He's, like, he's got the gun in his eye. And I go, I go, yo, okay, slow, slow your roll for a minute. I go, I go, let me shock you. I said, Jesus has got tattoos. And he goes, bull, and then he finished it out, okay? And I go, for reals, in the book of Revelation, it says he's a king of kings, and he's a lord of lords on his left thigh, and it wasn't put by a crayon. And it says that means in his eyes, it must mean you're royalty and you were created to be a king that dominated things rather than be a dominant. He goes, are you for real? He goes, I want to believe this. I said to the guy that had driven me, I go, yo, you need to go to the car and pick out, see if I have a Bible in the trunk. He went and picked up the Bible. He came in. I read him the scriptures. He goes, man, Jesus is awesome. He says, get everybody in. So they brought in about 20 something people from the front room into the back room. True story. Tupac playing, people had joints, body parts were exposed, people had half tattoos, it's a tattoo shop in the middle of the Saturday night where I'm supposed to be, come on, doing the Jesus style, supposed to be preparing my message and God was giving me a message, come on somebody. So I'm sitting back there, people are walking in half dressed, it don't look like you're at a church event, if you know what I mean. So they all lean over and I open the Bible and I start telling them about the way God thinks about them and about how his favor's on their life, about how God's never thought a bad thought. And the guy that runs the shop for him goes, yo man, Jesus is a freaking gangster. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> the other guy's got a joint in his mouth, he's going, yo, Jesus is my homie. You know what I mean? He's, like, he's working the whole thing and I'm just sitting in there. So they all go out of the room, and they're like, oh, my goodness. I lead them. People are starting to cry and get touched in there. I start talking to people prophetically, like I'm going to do in a minute, and I'm going to start just ministering to people. And while I'm in there, so the guy goes, let me hook you up and do a tattoo for free. I'll hook you up with anything you want. I go, okay, let's do it. He goes, am I supposed to stay open? I go, he goes, I'll stay open for you. I go, let's go. We started at 1 in the morning. And we're sitting there, and I go, do you feel, do you feel like the presence of God on me? He goes, I do. I've been shaking, and I want to cry. He goes, when you said that God never thought a bad thought about me, I want to choose to believe that I can really have that in my life, that God can love me and like me. I've done a lot of crazy stuff. And I started telling him things about his life, and he started weeping and crying. I go, just for a minute, okay, don't mess with my, my arm. You got a little needle right there like this. And I said this. I said, I'm going to act like I'm talking to you, but I'm going to pray. And the power of God hit this guy, and he started weeping and bawling and his eyes off. All of a sudden, that tattooed room with all kinds of X-rated, all kinds of everything, with joints and everything, turned into a music museum, no longer a museum of what was around us, but an atmosphere of worship. All of a sudden, the presence of God. Watch, because if you start to believe in miracles, it's amazing how your atmosphere shifts other people's mentality. Somebody's got to get some, hey, come on, shout like you got some freaking energy. Come on, you powerhouse. Two mindsets hold you back in business, Stanford. Stanford business says more than anything. The chicken and the jerk. The chicken is, I am scared. What if it doesn't work? Be careful. How many had your mamas? Come on, like my mama. Be careful, Rexford. Be careful. Be careful, Rexford. Be careful. I said, Mom, every time you say that, it's like saying the F word in our house. Stop cussing. <laughs> Why? Because she was saying, it's okay to do a little bit, but don't go all the way in because you never know what bad could happen. As a result, we dabbled with things. We flirted with things. We tried things, but we didn't commit to things. Isn't it why you're not further along? It's not the devil because you just won't commit. Somebody needs to hear that up in here. You're letting the chicken talk you out of the, the calling on your life. Don't put your comfort before your calling. Don't arrange your, don't arrange your faith around your comfort. You were born to live by faith.
The righteous shall live by faith. Four times in the Bible. Someone say, I will live by faith. Slap the person next to you. Say, you will live by faith. Oh, yeah. Faith isn't how you feel. It's how you act. Faith is not in how you feel. It's in how you act. Come on, you could feel you could feel oppressed. You could feel depressed and still lift your hands. You could feel sick and still say God's able. You could feel in debt and say He's my provider. You can feel. Faith is not in how you feel. It's in how you act. That's why He says, if there's a spirit of heaviness, put on a garment of praise. Do you feel that? Stop taking on other people's STDs. Someone else has transmitted demons. You're letting other people's demons, come on, talk you out of what God's called you to be. Other people's depression, other people's dread, other people's dissatisfaction, other people's dissension talk you out of love in your own freaking marriage. Come on. At some point, you got to shut the door on negative voices and say, I'm going to choose to believe. picture. I'll go right. I got to move a little bit. I want you to put the picture up just a second. So you believe in miracles. Go ahead, put it up. Put it, put up the little, the little hustler. Put him up. A couple weeks ago, I'm in Modesto, California, minding my own business speaking. I get done at the end of the night and I prayed for a bunch of people and God had healed a lot of people like he's going to do again tonight. It just happens. Why? Because when Jesus is here, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not a story. He's not the Easter bunny. He's not Santa Claus. Come on. He ain't Confucius. He ain't Allah. He's Jesus. And I'm done. I get done speaking, and I'm sitting there, and this little boy runs up, and he goes, yo, man, he goes, I was listening to you talk. I got a challenge. I'm blind in my eyes since birth. He goes, but yo, come on, can we talk? He's five. He's got swag. Come on, somebody. Look at little hustler. Somebody caught that little picture and sent it to me. He took a picture. He goes, I believe I could get better. Can you go ahead and do the healing? Remember when you're a kid and you just believe and you have to be so skeptical, so pessimistic. Come on. It's like Gulliver's Travel. We'll never make it. <laughs> Who are you going to help being all tore up and depressed? Yeah. There's an attitude the devil wants you to have. One of self-depreciation and one where you just think of everything as outlook is negative. One of my biggest prayers I pray all the time. Somebody asked me this the other day. What do you pray? I said something I pray all the time. Is, God, teach me how to enjoy you, to enjoy myself, and to enjoy people. You want a real deep spiritual prayer? Jesus, teach me how to enjoy you. I know a lot of people that sing to him but don't enjoy him. I know a lot of people that worship him and don't enjoy him. I want to enjoy him. I want so much juice out of this relationship that it's so freaking fun that I'm with a creator. I'm with a healer. I'm with a miracle. It's The people that know their God, they'll do exploit. So he goes, okay, this, I go, this is what's going to happen, dude, okay? He goes, I go, do you like Spider-Man? He goes, I love Spider-Man, okay? I go, so I'm going to go like Spider-Man, but not a web's not going to come out of my hand. I'm going to pray for you because Jesus is going to touch you. And then his power's going. He goes, cool, I got it. <laughs> come on, somebody. How many know if I went in there? Brother, let me tell you the word of the Lord here. He's five. 
And I don't believe Jesus was like that speaking Elizabethan language. Come on, somebody. Come on, he was just talking everyday life. He's talking about trees. Come on. He's talking about agriculture. He's talking about life, metaphors. Why? So the seeing could see, the unseen could see. So I pray to go, thank you, Jesus, for touching him. And he goes, I get done praying for him. He goes, I feel this energy in my body. I go, good, the miracle's in motion. He goes, I believe. It's mine. He walks away. We didn't hear anything about it. Went to dinner with the pastors. About an hour later, dinner with the pastors. John, we get a, a little text came in, a little video. The little boy is reading off of the kitchen, uh, the kitchen um, refrigerator, and he has his eye covered. And so his mother goes, we'll take him on Monday. This is Saturday night. We'll take him on Monday to make sure that this happens. Because she was skeptical. He goes, oh, I got this swag. That little boy wasn't stalled. Come on, somebody. He had some surging faith inside of him. He went on Monday. They gave him all the tests. The doctors gave him the testimony. Every bit of sight is back. He went to his kindergarten class. True story. I went to kindergarten, and he got up and stood up on his own seat and said, Everybody, you all know that I can't see, and I've been blind. But Jesus touched my eye on Saturday night. I can see. Watch me read. Watch me read. Watch me read, baby. Watch me. See, something happens when you want to receive. You get a little bit of aggressive. You start thinking aggressive. How can I get out of debt? How can I show love? Come on. How can I show love? Who can I show mercy to? You start thinking aggressive. Jesus said, if you want to build a tower, think about counting the cost. Make sure you think aggressively. Jesus taught it. Come on. If you start thinking, how can I show love? How can I heal somebody here tonight? How can I be a blessing to somebody? How can I empower somebody? Or did you come in? I hope he calls my number. I hope the Lord shows him my address. And he calls out my name like I did. I called three people's name out the other night at the East Campus. I called them out by name and told a lady in the back and I read their flip of mail. There's people that'll do that in a minute. Oh my goodness. Is he going to see my sins from 1988? No, because God's not freeze-framed on your history. He already judged your history in Jesus. He's excited about your destiny. You speak aggressively. The woman with the issue of blood, many know her story. All of a sudden, her life, she was a creator. She owned her own business in the middle of Jerusalem. One day, she felt like, oh, my goodness, I'm having, like, pain in my abdomen. She went and got, she had a little spotting. So she went, she's like, ah, you know what I mean? I don't know what's going on. Am I pregnant or what's going on? Female organs. And they diagnosed her that you have an issue of blood. That day, she was separated from her husband or kids, put in a colony. She was hoping she had money. She was a woman of means. She could see doctors. The Bible says in Mark 5, she expended all of her time and energy and resources to get well. All these severe treatments, she didn't get better. She got worse. 12 years isolated, disconnected. We be careful who you let misdiagnose you. Why? Because if you misdiagnose you, you'll mistreat you. Your fate lies in the way you see yourself. She was sitting in there, and she heard about Jesus. She must have heard good. People passing by. Yo, that guy, Jesus, he, he touches people. He heals people. That guy, Jesus, he touches people and heals people. He got Jesus. Did you see what he did to that person? Did you see what Jesus did to that guy, that Lazarus? He raised him from the dead. That boy at Nain, he raised him from the dead. Did you see what that guy, Jesus, did? The multitudes touched his cloak, and he got better. She went from an opinion to a conviction. Yeah. 
That's where you're about to go. Come on. Why? Because revelation brings conviction. When you got conviction, you got movement. I can always tell how much revelation you got because it's measured by movement. People with a little bit of movement, they're a little bit convinced. You're about to become fully convinced because your family's going to need it. Your culture's going to need it. You can't be partially convinced. She said, I got to get to him. I got to get to him. I bet people that were inside of her little colony said, don't you dare. They can stone you if you go out. But you learn something. When you go from your head to your spirit, you get risky. The guy I gave a word to in here back a couple months ago, I said to him, you're going to defy the odds. He was in a wheelchair. People came alongside him. He never felt his legs before. And they started moving his legs for him. And he said, let's just do it together. And he began to feel his feet for the very first time a month and a half ago. Right here, right on the side here. Never felt his legs one time in his life. Why? Because he got aggressive. Your atmosphere of your life changes when you get aggressive. All of a sudden, this woman, she goes, I ain't playing passive faith. Come on, what's the state of your faith in? I'm going to be assertive. I'm going to be assertive. I'm going to take some charge here. She said she started speaking because your faith doesn't go higher than your confession. Let me say that one more time. I'll slow down. Your faith will never rise higher than your confession. You eat well by the fruit of your mouth. The scripture says you eat your words. If Jesus was to pop through the screen right now and said, I want to lay my hands on you, and uh, would you let me do that? How many of you would say yes? If not, something's wrong. Come on. But he said this, I'm going to lay hands on you, and it will come to pass from this day forward. Everything you say out of your mouth will come to pass just as you say it, good or bad. Would that change what you say about your life? He did say, you'll have what you say, Mark eleven twenty three. It says, this woman started saying, I, she said, she kept saying, and he, she had a determined speech, I'm going to go touch him and I'm going to be healed. I'm going to touch him and I'm going to be healed. I'm going to touch him and I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be touch him and I'm going to be healed. Your life will always follow your faith and confession. You don't rise above it. Some of you ought to get aggressive with your adversaries. Jesus defeated the devil, not by wishing, but with words. When God wanted to create, he released words. This woman started speaking her destiny, gave her momentum. In fact, 85% of your emotional feelings that you feel, good or bad, are the direct results of the conversations you're having. The words that you speak. Come on, watch them. She said it all the way. She touched Jesus and she was healed. What was powerful about that? She had pigeons and doves because the law said every time you went to the doctor that if you had a, you'd have a sacrifice ready. And when she would get there and they say, you're still unclean, you're still dirty, her pigeons and doves would get older and die off. That was symbolic of her dreams and visions dying off. Because the longer something consists, you just get comfortable. Well, I just got to tolerate this. And you start losing your faith. And now you're just an unbelieving believer. She got aggressive. She got there and touched him. And things shifted for her. So you believe, you receive, then you become a miracle. Jesus said, you are clean. I want to say this for a minute. God's about to put a stop to the bleed in your life. Some of you have marriages that are bleeding. Some of you that are, have internal things that are hemorrhaging in your heart and your mind. Some of you have depression that's bleeding the life out of you. It was a physical issue. It's an internal issue. Some of you have a bleed in your financial side. And God's ready to put a stop to the bleed in your life. If you'll get off your assets and begin to find your faith again, it's amazing that he's about to put a stop to the bleed in your life. It's freaking hot. 
Jesus presented her whole. He said, look, I cleansed her. I want somebody to hear. There's two people in here. There's one that wants to kill himself tonight. You've had a gun and you thought about it and contemplated it. You thought about it for the last four days. I have an idea of what your name is too. I'm not going to say that to embarrass you. I have an idea and you're right around this section. You thought about it for the last four days. Jesus wants you to know that he approves of you and loves you and where you've been is not where you're locked. There's a stop to the bleed. There's a stop to the bleed. There's a stop to the bleed. Hope's about to arise. Watch, watch, watch. Jesus said to this woman, he says, you are now a miracle. People wanted to see Lazarus because he became a miracle. That's where many of you, you're not going to take this thing of this relationship with Jesus and just go, I'm going to do a little bit. Come on. That's why some of you are going to join our internship on June 30th. You're not going to sell out for shallow. You're going to go deep. Come on. Before you leave tonight, you ought to partner with people that want to go deep. People that will stir you and strengthen you. Lazarus, they wanted to see Lazarus because he was a miracle. Ooh, some of you going to show up at Thanksgiving this year, and they'll be like, hey. Man, what happened to you? Come on, hey. It ain't a cream. It ain't an oil. Come on, somebody. What happened to you? Became a miracle. Then finally, you release miracles. This is where your life's about to become, because as a culture and a community, we're not okay with just having great church services. Jesus is going to ask us, what did you do with the sick? I was sick. Did you heal me? I was hungry. Did you feed me? I was freaking naked. Did you clothe me? Or were you just into singing worship songs? When I see him, I don't want to disappoint him. This is our one shot on our planet. Everybody else has had their moment. We read about everybody else's moments. It don't matter. Samson, Jephthah, Gideon, everybody's had. Esther, they've all had their moments, but they watch to see what we do with ours. We're the bridge. Watch, watch. Just look at me for a minute. We're the bridge between history and his story. If you look in your hands, it lies the future work of God. God is asking you, not based on your history or your biography. It's a matter of your psychology. Can my plan prosper in your hand? Or will you let media talk you out of it? Will you be on the woke culture talk you and cancel my culture in you? Will you let other people talk it out of you? What will you do within your hand? You got something in your hand. You got a function and a role. You're anointed. The devil's worked so hard to convince you you're not. He's tried to get you to buy into an identity. Something's wrong with you. So if he can victimize you in your mind. Victimization, something's wrong with you. That's worse virus than the coronavirus. You know how many people victimized in their own mind so they never put demand very much of their potential? So they're going to go bury it in some graveyard someday and never become great because they didn't give it responsibility? Feel me for a minute. This is a call to me. How many of you feel this at times? Jesus is going to say, I was hungry. Did you feed me? I was hurting. At some point, we're going to say, you know what? Life's got to be stuck. just getting a miracle, getting a breakthrough. I got to get my praise on. I got to get my thing happen for me. I got to get my dream. What does it become about what he wants? Jesus said, pray for my harvest, not yours. Can you handle this? Maybe you can. Maybe you want me to stay more on the seeker-friendly side. Oh, my gosh. It's all about me. It always has been. Oh, my gosh. Life's about him using us for his purpose. I'm made in his image for his glory. Someone's going to buy in. 
Your life's going to radically change. Life thing, Things chase me now. They chase me. Money chases me. Opportunity chases me. And I believe the only reason why is I stop chasing it. Why? Because when you become passionate about caring and ministering and helping people and you want to put yourself on the freaking line for somebody, not speak a good speech. I've done this for 24 years, millions of freaking people. What am I going to just come in here tonight? Hey, I got to do a great speech so they love me and they put more likes on my Instagram account. Really? That means I did something great? It's not what man says about your life. It's what God says about your life. Come on, give me two more minutes. Watch. Life becomes so juicy and rich. No matter if you got failures, no matter if you got weakness, no matter if you got doubts and depression and you're battling through things, God can handle your recovery, but it gets sped up when you get into discovery. You need to pay attention to me. That's why Peter's still cussing. Go out there and heal people. Judas, you're stealing. Come on, I'm working with you, but go ahead and go help other people. Come on, Andrew, you're trying to be a computer nerd and calculate everything. I want you to go lift people up. Come on, you got John the crybaby. He, in, his, in Mexican, in Spanish, they call him a chion. Come on, somebody. I want you to go help somebody. James is fighting for position. I want you to go help somebody. Somebody's starving for your love tonight. Somebody's starving for your compassion, not your sympathy. Your sympathy will lock them into a condition. Your compassion will unlock them. Come on, I'm talking to the hero in you. Stop looking for heroes. Decide to be one. This is your life. Don't let this be a church service. This is your freaking life. Well, who could I influence? You come in contact every day with people. You can be the hand. You can be, that's what I started saying. Jesus speak through me. Jesus touch through me. Jesus love through this heart. Jesus inspire people through me. Jesus do something. Just start, I yield to you. Flow through me. And to bring this to the story, to really see miracle, there was a young minister, it's a true story, happened just a couple years ago in Oregon, Bend, Oregon area. And he went to the mental institution, the highest one that they have. Of the, it's really, really bad. There's hardly, people are hardly clad with clothes, feces on the floor, it smells really bad. He got in there and found he couldn't counsel, he couldn't reason, he couldn't get up there, praise God, and tell him the best messages that seminary taught him. He couldn't sit there and rattle off 400 memory verses that he knew. And he said, Jesus, what can I do to help these people? There's no hope. And he says, there is hope. I have one assignment. I want you to sit on the floor, and I want you to begin to sing. He said, I'm not a singer. He's not even a charismatic believer. The guy sat in the middle of the floor, and he began to sing. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. He began to sing it again. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Sing with me for a minute. Yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, 
Yes, Jesus loves me. Put your hand on your heart. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Can I tell you something? In nine months, all 100 of those people, the most deranged, tormented person, not one counseling session, not one background, not one communication, one by one every week, one person would join and all they would do is sing for 30 minutes. He would go every day and all he would do is sing, Jesus loves me. Wow. He didn't cast the devil out. He didn't know how. He didn't go through addiction recovery, which is a great idea. Come on. Come on. He didn't go through it. He just started focusing on the love of God. All of a sudden, one by one, soundness came back into their mind. Some of you fighting so hard because you don't have a revelation that you're loved by God. Someone say, Jesus loves me. Watch this. Watch out, power. Just put your hand on your heart for a minute. Close your eyes. Say, Jesus loves me. I receive your love. Say that again. Say, I receive your love. Say, Jesus, I thank you that your love is healing me right now. Take a deep breath. Breathe that in for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Untie people emotionally. Bring healing to people, I pray, in their emotions. I pray in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Your love right now is healing people of stones in their stomach and ulcers. I thank you that you're even healing, Lord. I thank you, Lord, the prostate, the, re- the, the rectal rectum area of even men in here. I thank you that female organs are being healed in here in the soft tissue. I thank you, Jesus, right now. Someone's jaw, you have gum disease, and the, the bacteria, Jesus' love, is removing the bacteria in your mouth. You've had pain in your, bo- your jaw, in your, and your, it's in your left-hand side, your jaw, in your mouth. Jesus is bringing healing to you right now. Someone's right shoulder is being healed. His love is healing you right now. I'm just giving you words of knowledge that I feel the Holy Spirit is telling me. Someone, Chad, the Lord wants you to know that you're, that he cares and he sees you. He sees you. He sees you. He's not abandoned you. He's with you. There's healing in this room. Just reach up and just watch. Lift your hands. Stand up for a minute. Just lift up your hands and say, Jesus, I receive your love. Come on, everyone stand up for a minute. Come strong a little bit behind me, a little bit stronger on them. Say, Jesus, I receive your love. And I receive healing into my body right now. Whatever part of your body that you have pain in, just put your hand in there right now. He's here. He's here. He's here. Just receive from him. He's here. Healing flow through the neurological function, the lymphatic system of people's bodies. Thank you for a woman's breast being healed of a nodule on the lower part of the left breast. I thank you, Jesus, for dissolving that. I thank you for people that have tried to have children and could not have children. I thank you that the wombs are open. I thank you that the wombs are open. I thank you tonight that wombs open. I also thank you for the people that want to foster children. And I thank you for, Lord, raising that up. I thank you, Lord, for... I thank you, Father, for, Lord, you're going to connect that. I thank you in a big way that we're going to take on kids in here and that this is going to be a movement of Solomon's and Samuel's in this house. I prophesy that the Spirit of God is going to raise up Samuel's and Solomon's in this house, a prophetic anointing and a wisdom anointing to gain wealth and to gain influence and excellence in our cities and our communities. Within this house, I prophesy this. I say this under the Spirit of Jesus, that the Lord is going to raise up Samuel's, people that can hear the voice 
of God and that they walk and become the voice of God. He's going to raise up kids in this place. That the spirit of Emmanuel is going to get in our children. And it was a sign of what happened on Sunday, says the spirit of the Lord in this place, where that young man began to pray that God's going to raise up young people out of here. That they are going to invade schools and they are going to bring a demonstration of my spirit to this area, says the spirit of the Lord watches my grace, touches your children. Quit speaking to their limits and speak to their potential. For I will use your voice, mom and dads, to open their spirit, to see the potential I placed within them. For I'm about to do a new thing. And yes, you say it won't begin here, it won't begin there. It will begin with your children. You will see a movement amongst the children. For I am arresting their hearts. And I will not let the devil steal this generation, says the spirit of of the Lord. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap and a shout. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.